Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast. It seems like you know ball the way you talk, so. <laughs> Thank you. Someone clip that. I'm not playing in your league unless I can draft myself. <laughs> <laughs> Outside of football, I live a pretty boring life. With Matt Harmon. This is an anti-getting-greedy podcast here. Been seeing you guys' podcast have blown up here recently, so glad to get on. Well, hello. It is Monday, January 30th. It is the podcast of champions, Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast. I am not Matt Harmon. I am Scott Pianowski. Uh, Matt is off today, and we have needed to come up with a replacement for this second chair. And who doubles back for a friend like Clint Eastwood and the outlaw Josie Wales? It's our man, Frank Schwab, the NFL playoff handicapping savant that he is. Good morning, Mr. Schwab. I hate to even speak it out loud, right? Like when you're on a heater like this, you don't want to talk about it. But yeah, I'm 11 and one against the spread in the playoffs. The Cowboys. Who did, who the did you run? Who did you Cow- run? Cowboys, right? Cowboys, 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 Niners, yeah, Cowboys, Niners, which tied in the fourth quarter. I had a shot, so I always feel like you know it, it's all going to crumble if I speak it out loud. But hey, might as well. You know, everybody else takes victory laps on Twitter. I might as well get some green check marks up too, right? Well, how can it cr- how can it crumble now? You're 11 and one. You, you yeah, missed the Super Bowl. Yeah. You're 11 and two. <laughs> I mean, you know that money. I, I assume you're not you're betting your whole playoff bankroll no. on the Super Bowl. No, so no should I know. No. You've already booked a win, man. You've yeah, already put a green number down the spreadsheet. Been pretty good. Been pretty good. I I, I mean, I'll be honest. Like for yesterday's games. I didn't have any confidence in either side. I picked them. I, I I picked up home teams, but I mean that Chiefs game could have gone either way. The 49ers game was wonky. We'll talk about them. Uh, but yeah, I mean when you get this deep in the playoffs, yeah, all these teams are good. The Super Bowl's gonna be hard to pick. I'm sure we're at least gonna touch on that at the end. But yeah, it was good. It was not the best games. Like this has it, it's kind of been a weird playoffs. We got off to such a hot start on Wild Card Weekend. Right? It's great games, a lot of intrigue. The Jaguars come back, all that kind of stuff. Then we had the kind of bad you know, Monday night game with the Buccaneers and Cowboys. It's like, whatever, divisional round will be great. Now, divisional round wasn't very good. And then we got the conference championship games, and the first game was just, it just got blown out of the water in the first series. Second game was good. Second game was good. I'm looking forward to talking about that. But I'm always, I look forward to talking football with you all the time, man. Even bad games I like talking with you about. Yeah, you're probably, first of all, you're having a much better playoffs than than I am. I've, I've become like a Billy Bean of handicapping where I do great in the regular season and then my <laughs> my stuff doesn't work in the playoffs. I'm sure I have a If we could record. combine your regular season and my playoffs, man, we'd be unbeatable because you had one of the best regular seasons I've ever seen. 
I'm having a playoff run I'm never going to duplicate. So, hey, yeah. Yeah. I, I, the dream is always to go undefeated in, in the postseason, although right now my dream is just to have a winning postseason. I, thankfully, I've been running pretty hot on the props. That's made up for and I'm a really lot cold of losing on the picks. Props. Yeah. yeah, I, it, yeah. It's funny how that works out. I've given a little bit of my profit back. But, hey, that happens. So, is, so you're, six, fo- you're six and six heading into Super Bowl? Maybe five and seven. It's yeah, nothing great. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, the props have got me in the green, and I've, I've taken advantage of a couple of promos. They've been juicing up McCaffrey touchdown props, so that's been easy money. But the football's hard, and I thought this first game, you know, very unsatisfying, as my friend Teddy KGB would say. Eagles 31, 49ers 7. Very early in this game, it was too late for San Francisco. Brock Purdy gets hurt. The officials and officiating was a big part of this day, of course. They they kind of blow that Devonta Smith thing. They The catch, they hurry up. Shanahan doesn't challenge it. It doesn't really sniff out. Shanahan needed to sniff out, why are they hurrying up here? He doesn't think he caught it. And I realize that's not a perfect way to handle that situation. But so you get a game where the Eagles were in just don't screw it up mode pretty early. Jalen Hurts was, I thought, uninspiring. And we throws for 121 yards in this game. We saw the, the Eagles, for a team that had a condensed usage tree during the regular season, Kenneth Gainwell's been a thing the last couple of weeks. And, and man, what an easy playoff path they had, right? They, they beat the Giants, and then they beat the 49ers down to the third, fourth, fifth string quarterbacks. Right. Uh, what were your biggest takeaways from the Niners and Eagles? Uh, I mean, I, I think with the Eagles, it's kind of funny that that was a little bit of the knock on them in the regular season, from some people anyway, that they had an easy schedule. I mean, uh, according to DVOA, that was the easiest schedule in the NFL the Eagles had. They get the best playoff matchup of any of the teams remaining with the Giants. No no disrespect to the Giants, but if you were picking your opponent, you pick the Giants out of those last eight teams. And then the 49ers were just really just drawing dead. I, I mean, once Purdy goes out, even though they had a little bit of a spark from Josh Johnson, but then when Josh went out, then it was really, really over. So it, it's one of those, are the Eagles just going to kind of skate to a Super Bowl without a quality win? I don't know. Like, probably not. I hate to move the goalposts on them because the one thing the Eagles have done is when they're in an advantageous situation to handle business. They play bad teams and they beat the heck out of them. And they didn't let the 49ers hang around. They For a little bit, the Christian McCaffrey run was awesome. We'll get to Christian McCaffrey a little bit. That run was awesome and it was 7-7. You're like, with the way this defense is playing, this game isn't over. But then the Eagles went on a long drive after that. I thought Kenneth Gainwell looked really, really good. He was kind of the spark they needed. They, they'd had a couple drives, I think both three and outs. Again, McCaffrey ties the game. And you're like, ooh, this this might be a game even with Josh Johnson. And all of a sudden, Kenneth Gainwell comes kind of out of nowhere, just ripping off 10-yard runs, and they get things going. They score. I, I thought that they really righted the ship. I think the one thing I, I really want to talk about with you is Jalen Hurts. Because right, he plays a week 18, comes back from the shoulder, looks fine, does his job. I'm like, okay, yeah, that, that's fine for reasonable first game back. Against the Giants, he throws the long one to Devontae Smith to start the game, second play from scrimmage. And that kind of maybe threw me off the scent because I was like, okay, he's answered all the questions. He's fine. He's good to go. In this game, though, I'm left wondering, is Jalen Hurts okay? I, I, I just, he just doesn't look like the same guy in the passing game. I mean, in this game, he has the long play to Devontae Smith, which you referenced. Should have counted. He has a 17-yard pass to Kenneth Gainwell, which I don't even remember. It must have been a screen pass or something. It wasn't something downfield. The longest reception other than those two was 11 yards. There's nothing going on downfield for the Eagles. Is that the 49ers defense? Is that that Hurts is injured? Is our team's catching up to this Philly team somehow? I, I just wonder your where you are on Jalen Hurts going into the Super Bowl because, I mean, clearly he's a key figure for that game. Yeah, that's a great question to which I do not have a great answer. 
if you had missed this game and I told you the Eagles won 31 to seven, you would think Hertz had to have a huge game. Right. You know, Hertz probably had sailed over his props and I don't think he hit anything. Anything you bet on Hertz was probably a loser in this game. Except anytime touchdown. That's about it. Except, which right, is obviously yeah, popular. Yeah, for Jalen Hurts lives in the end zone. Man, right. They got to get rid of that scrum play, though. Somebody's going to get hurt like pushing that. a teammate. I don't, teammate. Like I don't yeah, know why they allow that. Yeah. I, I, and it's, I, I just, the defense has no chance. Like, it, come on. Like, let's make it a little for fair. I'm with yeah, you. Get rid of the scrum it's, play. Not it's a, unsatisfying not and it's unsafe. I, I, yes. That's yes, the, yes. the biggest thing. In the NFL, I realize there's, with the speed of the game and the physicality of the game and just the size of the players and everything, there's, you can only make it so safe. I mean, there's just a lot of danger. It's going to be in NFL football. There's nothing you can do about that. But that's one thing you could do really simple. So you can't do yeah. that. You can't push your teammate because it's Inher- inherently unsafe. Yeah. Screaming, screaming for an injury. You know, I think the great thing about the Eagles here is that they get the time off. They get that extra week. For Hertz to rebuild his body, get you know, get some rest, you know, maybe work on his, you know, get his confidence back in practice, whatever it is. Uh, I think the Eagles are really glad. I think the Chiefs would probably, well, maybe not with Mahomes' situation, but I think if the game were played next week, maybe it'd be better off for the Chiefs. But maybe both teams would need the time off. But Hertz, right. I think he's a tricky guy for fantasy too because I I do think he's a good passer. I don't think he's a great passer. He obviously has the one of the greatest set. I mean, I, as a Patriot fan, it's so hard to watch the Eagles and 49ers who have these skill players coming out of their ears. <laughs> Just a perfect setup, right? Yeah. It's like if you were quarterback, I said you could have either one of these offenses to work with. Oh, wow. Look at the look at the Eagles. You know, they got Brown, they got Smith, they got Goddard. They all threaten different right. parts of the field. And throw in the you offensive know, line, too, which might be the best one. Offensive line is fantastic, of course. Uh, it helps that Lane Johnson's allowed to fall start or just use any snap <laughs> count he wants, uh, which is a little bit too much of an advantage. But True. yes, the offensive line is fantastic. Hey, wait a minute. Well, you're not going to pick the 49ers with Debo Samuel and George Kittle and Brandon Ayuk and Christian McCaffrey. And you know, they had that long winning streak that was broken. Uh, I, I'm jealous as a Patriots fan where it's like we're hoping Jacoby Myers makes a play. Yeah, he's a good, good yeah, player. Right, he right. should be your third or fourth. Devontae Par- is it going to be a Devontae Parker? Right. It's going to be the week Devontae Parker month, high yeah. points of, of football, you right. know. Um, oh, to be fair, Mac Jones was set up to fail. And at least they do have – I mean, it, the, the thing was so bad in New England that Bill O'Brien looks like Bill Walsh right now coming back <laughs> to the Patriots. Bill, but yeah, yeah. I, you think you're going to be drafting at the Hurts next year? Because I think if you he's going to be the quarterback one probably, but you have to give him double-digit touchdowns for him to make back that ADP. What's your stance on that? Right. Uh, you think he's one over Allen? I would take Allen first. I think Allen, okay. Josh Allen might be a first-round pick. I, I mean, he's that good right now. But you're right. Uh, you have to consider how high Jalen Hurts goes because, as you guys have talked about over and over on the pod, I've joined you in that chorus quarterback now is 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 not a position you can wait on you kind of need one of these these vanity quarterbacks almost or else you're just giving away too many points to your opponent each week i mean yeah you could find somebody down the line trevor lawrence might be that guy for me if i if i lose out on hurts allen the, the really really top guys even lamar let's see where he lands i don't know though i there's no reason to doubt J- jalen hurts anymore other than can he stay healthy with this workload everything is set up for him. And he is, the thing I love about Jalen Hurts, he has improved year, every single year of his football journey, he gets better. It, it speaks to the amount of work he puts in. And I, we'll see, and we got to see if Philly's offense coordinator sticks around too. I think he's really, really smart guy. And obviously has unlocked a lot of things with Jalen Hurts in the passing game. I'd take Allen first. I would consider Jalen Hurts, man, I, I mean, you almost have to consider him if you if you wanted to have vanity quarterback, if you really are buying into that, I need one. You almost got to start thinking about him late second, early third. I, it's a little too rich for me. Just, but maybe I need to change my way of thinking because we've been, you know, for five, six, seven, eight years, we've been don't draft a quarterback early. Don't draft a quarterback. You can find one. You can find one. 
that's not really the case anymore. And a guy like Hurts, like I had him on at least one team this year that won a championship. He he really was a game changer. I mean, with how often he's like you said, he lives in the end zone. On one hand, I think, okay, yeah, I, I gotta be I gotta change my mindset on drafting quarterbacks, but then when I'm gonna see Allen or Hertz or Mahomes go in the top 10, 15, or 20 of a league, I'm gonna be like, I, that's not me. I can't do that. Uh, third round, I'd be fine with any of those guys. I don't think they're going to get to the third round. I think they'll all be gone by the end of the second round in most leagues next year. Where do you think Allen goes? Because I, I think people are going to talk themselves into him being QB1. Or where do you think QB1 gets drafted? Do you think there's a chance we end up with our ADP is inside the first round? I think in the quote-unquote home leagues, the quote-unquote home, quote quote home leagues, Allen will percolate into the first round. I think hmm. in the more... You know, not that the experts know anything that you don't. I mean, you know, you, you have to play to your room. But I think in the leagues that we probably run in, I think those guys are going to be second round picks. Second, okay, and that's more reasonable. I mean, every every league I had, I I, I had an up and down fantasy league. Either my teams were great or terrible, and every great league I had, and a good quarterback. Like it was, it was kind of weird. You know, I mean, you know, you you realize, okay. You just can't bleed away points. And there was one league, actually, I had Russell Wilson as my quarterback and somehow survived it because the rest of my team was so, so, so good. But I think, yeah, you need that guy. So it's even if we let you cheat, even if we let you cheat, and we said, okay, well, we'll post facto give you the right answer late round quarterback on your team. We'll just put him on your team. Yeah. That guy would have been Jared Goff or Daniel Jones Daniel or Geno right. Smith or, you know, Lawrence was good in the second half of the year. You're still spotting a lot of points lot. to, to that I mean, that vanity group. 10, that may not 12. be good enough. I mean, you're yeah. It's you got to consider. You have to consider a quarterback early, or else it just your roster construction gets really wonky after that. Like you said, you you have to pretty much. It, it's it's funny how it's changed. You pretty much have to have a perfect draft if you if you don't get the Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts. Well, you better be right. You better be right on most of your other picks because, like you said, you're giving away ten points usually, even if. You have a good late-round quarterback. You're giving up a lot. I mean, it's it's going to be interesting. Fields, another guy in that mix. A lot of people are going to be pushing him up, I'm sure. But it's going to be really interesting. Uh, real quick, I did let, want to let, ask, let me stick okay, with that. Sure, let me sure, stick sure. with that for a second. Mm-hmm. One more thing I want to say. We've talked a lot about the difference. We, we know fantasy baseball season is coming. And fantasy baseball is open, by the way, in Yahoo Sports. You yeah. can set up your league and Last draft Friday. today. Mm-hmm. So hop over and do that. You and I are fantasy baseball players. We're fantasy football players. They're much different games. You play a lot more guys in baseball. The season's a lot longer. You have time to iron out the flukes. Football is a weekly game, of course, where the season's a lot shorter, relatively speaking. In baseball, I'm generally like a a value hound, and I just want to have a a really good team of depth. And if I don't have the tip-top superstars in a salary cap draft, I can live with it. In football, I think I've gone with that motif with that ethos too far where it's like maybe i just need to get my guys maybe oh, i yeah, need to do, yeah. be more stars and scrubs and salary cap you know what we used to call an auction uh, if people are like what the heck is salary cap draft but auction league whatever it is i think in football i need to embrace more stars and scrubs and like okay i'm gonna put my eggs in these you know two or three baskets and if that blows up so what i wasn't gonna win the league anyway and the bottom half of my roster, I'm going to turn over so much of that. And I think I need to be more driven in that direction. I think that's been a, a weakness in my game the last few years in fantasy football. Yeah, especially in the salary cap. So if you, I think you need to go stars and scrubs now. I was, I, I'm the same way as you, like balance, like depth, because you think about a football season and all the attrition and the buys and top round running backs don't work out sometimes. And I want somebody to fill in, but you realize you're going to need a, 2021 Jonathan Taylor type to win your league. Like you got, you got to find these guys. You got to pay up for them. It's just going to be interesting, especially two quarterback league. I think just about every uh, salary cap league I play in is two quarterbacks. What do you do? Do you put half of your money into 
Hurts and Allen or Fields and uh, Lamar Jackson or what, what are you going to do? That's going to be the interesting pivot there. I, and I don't hate it. I don't. And just Hurts specifically, I got no problem with him. I, I don't think that this is fluky. I don't think he's falling back to, to earth. I don't think he's regressing. I think this is who Jalen Hurts is for the next few years. The the surrounding cast around him is just so good. It's just, it's almost fail-safe. Like he, unless guys suddenly, Lane Johnson suddenly retires, Kelsey or suddenly retires, the offensive line becomes an issue. I don't see this going away for Jalen Hurts. He's just, again, injury because he's a running quarterback. That's always a concern. Otherwise, this is his level. Uh, maybe he can even unlock another one because he gets better every single year of his football life. So we'll see. The, the question I wanted to ask you, if, as long as you don't mind, what do you think the Eagles do at running back? Because, I mean, I'm in a couple dynasty leagues where it's all offseason. We're, we're talking trades, all that kind of stuff. Miles Sanders is a free agent. I don't see the Eagles being the type of franchise that would prioritize a non-elite running back, maybe any running back. I don't think Miles Sanders comes back. Is it the Kenneth Gainwell show? Are we uh, Boston Scott? Do they go draft somebody? Pro- it seems like the kind of team that would draft maybe a vanity running back saying, hey, we got everything else. Why not? We, we got the draft capital to draft a really, really good running back this year. Yeah, again, this is a case of they can be top heavy with their skill talent in other positions, and then they can play the value game at running back. So unless Sanders wanted to come back for a really team-friendly deal, which you know, he's every right to go out and get the best deal he can, you don't think he returns. It could be game well. Maybe they'll draft a running back in the third or fourth round, which we know is somebody in today's draft shape that maybe could play rookie year. I think they're going to treat that position as fungible. They're going to treat it as it'll be a low priority financially. And maybe if it has to be a committee, it has to be a committee. I don't think they'll prioritize it at all. You think Gainwell's a target at all? Would you be going out and getting Gainwell on the cheap right now? Hoping he... Uh, uh, I he's looked really good the last couple of weeks. He he's got really so, good. I know. And we, we saw no it last miles, year, right? too. Last season, he was, he was good when he got his shot, especially near the goal line, if I remember right. Yeah, not many miles on him. They trust him. I mean, he could just be the... Hey, whatever. We we don't really value running back. We're going to take what we got. Kenneth Gainwell's next. He's going to be just fine. And he's he's got the cheat code of being a, a running back alongside a running quarterback. You got to account for that guy. So he's a lot more lanes open up. I, I'm starting to think Gainwell might be a, a guy we look up, you know, by draft season next August. And we're like, wow, Kenneth Gainwell's going pretty high in drafts because he's in such a great situation. That's why you draft early, right? It's going to be the people are going to be saying, Next August, when Gainwell's like a fifth-round pick, people will be like, I was drafting Kenneth Gainwell in the ninth or tenth yeah, round right, in right, March yeah. or whatever no, he's it was. exactly so. that guy. I agree. Unless they just go crazy and, and, and draft a first-round running back, which they could. I, I mean, I, why not? You're the Eagles. You could you can make a pick like that. You're, you're so loaded that, that you can make a vanity draft pick like that with a first-round or a high second, whatever you're going to do. But it'll be interesting. That that running back, most, again, most of my good leagues, I have Miles Sanders. Because he was he was one of the answers. He was one of the answer keys in mid rounds at running back, and I think the same thing is going to happen with basically whoever could take over that Eagles backfield next year, assuming it's not Sanders. Yeah, Sanders was the big winner in touchdown regression. He didn't have any touchdowns last year, and then which was crazy. That yeah. went back to the way it should this year, and then and remember too with Gainwell, whoever their running back is, as great as Hertz is around the goal line, it, you would never project anybody to score like fourteen or fifteen touchdowns, whatever he had on the ground. I think he just passed Cam Newton for the most in a full season you have to at some point you scale him back like at some point you're like this isn't the biggest guy in the world yeah right you can't we can't lose this guy what are we doing giving him a 10 one-yard touchdowns let's give it to Kenneth Gainwell he can score too like I mean you you save that for the biggest moments not necessarily you know week 11 against Indianapolis or anything so the Niners season ends in ugly fashion Purdy gets hurt early Josh Johnson who's played for every football team in North America, it seems like, um, including the what, Sacramento Mountain Lions or whatever it was. Uh, he's been he's been, he's been everywhere, man. He's seen more of the 
of the world than Alistair Cook or Rand McNally, but he has to play. That didn't go right. I swear that Steve Bono was in this game. You know, Gino Carmizzi was in this game, whatever. Jim Druckenmiller took a couple of snaps. <laughs> so here's the $64,000 question, Frank Schwab. Who's the quarterback for the 49ers next year? I mean, and, and you know, we're taping this on at least Monday morning for me, Monday early afternoon for you. We haven't heard, uh, you know, if we got the results of Brett Purdy's MRI. We're both baseball guys. We know UCL is, oh, no, this is bad news, especially for a guy who throws a ball for a living. If, if he's torn that and he needs surgery, whether it's Tommy John or something similar, it, it wipes out next season for him. Probably, I guess. Like we don't see this often from quarterbacks. I I do believe Ben Roethlisberger dealt with this his second to last season. He had a similar injury, uh, needed total reconstruction there, uh, and you know he was missed the rest of that season and really didn't look the same uh, after that. And so Purdy, who doesn't, I mean, he's obviously not the the strongest arm in the world, comes back from elbow surgery like that. Like I, I just we have to see where it is with Purdy. Let's say, I think if he comes back, he's a quarterback. I think if he's if this is a six week injury, two month injury, whatever it is, if he's able to be hundred percent by training camp opening day, he is their starting quarterback week one. He's just done too much. They trust him. Whatever. The question is, what happens if he's not? What happens if he can't answer the bell week one for the regular season because of this UCL? I don't know what they do. I really don't. I, I don't. I was talking to Charles Robinson on our pod last night, and he said basically the the trust level in Trey Lance around the 49ers is as low as you can get. Like they just. It just doesn't sound like that's the answer they want on opening day next year for whatever reasons, injury, just that he, he hasn't played a lot, whatever it is. Do they go out and get a vet? I, I mean, it's Jimmy G come back. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't have an, I don't have a great answer. Even Charles brought up the Tom Brady possibility. Like maybe I, I could see it. It's a perfect situation. Just like perfect? Tampa was. I mean, Brady right. goes back to San Francisco, right? He grew up a 49ers fan. Wasn't he, I think he was at the catch game, right? Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. He was at the catch. So I don't know. The, your answer is Purdy if he's healthy. If Purdy's not healthy, I have no idea. And it's such an important thing because all these think about all these guys we're going to be drafting. It's, I mean, I guess some of them are quarterback independent. Like they're, they're going to be good whoever's a quarterback. McCaffrey's going to be a beast. Kittle's awesome. Uh, you know, it, it, Debo, Ayuk. All these guys are phenomenal, and you're going to draft them regardless. But depending on their answer, quarterback, it, it does. You know, I mean. C-Mac might be the first pick, first running back at least. But if we don't really know who his quarterback is, if it's Trey Lance again, and we, I like Trey Lance, but who knows? All of a sudden you're like, mm, may, maybe I draft a receiver here instead of, of McCaffrey. I mean, stuff like that will shift it a little bit. Uh, who do you think? I, it, let, let's just, I, I guess I don't know if you agree with me. Purdy's our guy if he's healthy. But if he's not, who do you like? I do agree with you. I, I do think Purdy's the guy if he's healthy. And I think if he's not healthy, they go outside. They, I could see Brady coming here. Maybe they talked themselves to Derek Carr or something like that. The thing is, this is a team, and obviously they're going to lose Ryan's their great defensive coordinator, but this is the team that's built to go deep in the playoffs again. They can easily be a Final Four team again next year. So they need to get this right, which is why I don't think they take the the bait with Trey Lance, who it's just crazy that he has not played a meaningful football season since 2019. I know. I know. And in football years, that feels like a decade ago, right? I mean, just, he hardly plays in 2020. It's a COVID year. He's playing at a substandard level of competition in college anyway. And then he's had two injury washout years with the Niners. We have no idea. And he was a speculation pick to begin with. He was a development pick to begin with. It wasn't like he came into the NFL, a finished product, not, not to commoditize him, but you, you know what I mean? Um, we have no idea if Trey Lance is going to be a good pro in the Niners. As you said, not only did I not know it, but it sounds like what Charles, the intel he's getting is that 
you know, they're concerned about. I don't think that, I'd be shocked if Trey Lance was their opening day starter. I think it's certainly somebody hmm. other than him. And I, I, you just wonder what happens to Trey Lance at that point. Like, keep him around as a kind of a high level backup and see what clicks. Because if any team knows about the value of backup quarterbacks, it's the 49ers. They're not just giving guys away. I, they they know I might, we might need Trey Lance as our backup, and he's not making a ton of money relative to the market. So. I would assume he's around as their backup and they just see where it goes. But I agree with you. I don't I don't know necessarily as Trey Lance on opening day, regardless of who it is, but it's hard to find a quarterback. It's yeah, I mean Brady sounds great. Brady's 46 next year. You know, I mean, if if it's Derek Carr, other teams want Derek Carr. If if the Jets can't get Aaron Rodgers, they want Derek Carr. It's not it's just gonna be very, very interesting to see how this plays out. And it has so many different ramifications for the rest of the 49ers skill guys as far as it goes to fantasy like you want yeah i'm gonna draft Debo samuel either way because Debo samuel is one of those transcendent players but i do want some confidence in his quarterback i do want to know that yeah that whoever's playing quarterback can get him the ball and we just don't know who that quarterback is going to be let's remember though i mean they made it work with purdy who was mr irrelevant seventh round pick who was mm-hmm. nobody's idea of a prospect two months i mean nobody knew who brock purdy was basically two months ago he was just right. a clipboard carrier and then he goes on this – he was good enough. And it's not like – even now, I've I found myself won over by Purdy. But it's not like I, I expect this guy to have like a 12-year career and go to like five Pro Bowls. I still don't really know how good Brock Purdy is. So I, I think the system is almost quarterback-proof because of Shanahan's so good and the skill talent, more importantly, not, not to put down Shanahan, but you need players in the NFL. And the Niners just – it's a luxury SUV that you're sitting in. You're sitting in the captain's chair. Let me ask you this. Who do you think, and I realize there's uncertainty of quarterback, so let's just ignore drafting a quarterback on the 49ers. Just assume they get somebody competent in there, whoever it is. It's Brady, it's Carr, they, they get Garoppolo back somehow, whatever, Purdy's healthy, and any of those guys. What member of the skill talent collection do you think you'll draft the most next year? Uh, probably because I'm a value guy, Ayuk. I, I just think that Kittle's tough. Kittle, I, I love Kittle. I really do. Love him as a player. But it comes to fan, and he had a heater this year when Purdy took over. He was scoring; it seemed like he was scoring twice every week. But the way this offense runs, it's such a low volume passing offense sometimes, which probably is contradictory to me saying I want the you know second receiver on the 49ers as as my my main guy here. But he's going to be a lot cheaper, unless like maybe cost just rises because people realize Brandon Ayuk's a really really good football player. But as far as value goes, I mean you're going to have to have a top. Two, three pick to get McCaffrey, I assume. Kittle's probably going to be too much. I love Debo, but but he costs a lot too. So as long as Ayuk stays at kind of that mid-range, you know, that rounds three to seven where you're drafting a lot of receivers, I'll probably end up with Ayuk on a lot of those just because I I totally respect the talent. And he's one of those guys who gets a bump if if Samuel misses time, if Kittle misses time, if even McCaffrey misses time, they got to pass a little bit more. So I, I think it's Ayuk for me. Am I do you have a differing answer from that? Because I might just be totally wrong. The, the third pass catching option of 49ers might not be the uh, the best uh, cheat code there. I realize this is going to sound contradictory because I was saying earlier how I was accepting that in fantasy football, I needed to be more stars and scrubs driven and maybe not be the value hound that I usually am. And yet I look at both of these offenses, the Eagles and the Niners, and I think, yeah, I think Devonta Smith and Brandon Ayuk are going to be my guys next year mm. because I'm going to ask myself, who's the most impactful guy that I can kind of get at my price next year into one of the top five offenses in the league? And that comes down to Smith and Ayuk. 
that they're going to be priced after AJ Brown. They're going to be priced after Debo. They're obviously going to go after the tight ends probably. And at least I think uh, Kittle would go before. I don't know when Goddard will get drafted exactly, but it's my chance to get my hands in a really good pie, but not have to pay the sticker price that the vanity guys go for. So I, I probably Ayuk for me and also Devonta Smith for me too. Yeah. One of the, I, one of the biggest mistakes I made this season was underrating Jalen Waddle and Devonte Smith because the same thought process of how many receivers can this passing game really carry along? And you knew Tyreek Hill was going to be a target monster. You knew AJ Brown was going to be a target monster. So I passed on Devonte Smith just about every, I think every draft. I don't think I owned him anywhere. And then you get to the season, you're like, yeah, Devonte Smith is a great player and it's just going to work out. And same with Jalen Waddle. He's just a phenomenal player. This is going to work out. Kind of feels him, Brandon Ayuk. So yeah, I could see him being on a lot of my teams next year. It also helped that all these teams you will lump in the Dolphins too with the Eagles and the Niners. E- even though Philly and San Francisco had a bunch of skill talent on the team, the usage was still concentrated enough. They weren't yeah. using fullbacks. They they weren't throwing to second tight ends. They weren't, you know, every once in a while they throw a pass to Quez Watkins or Jennings or whoever, but primarily those guys aren't used. So the usage is concentrated enough. The team scored enough points that they were generally really good fantasy players for us and gave us good returns. We're going to take a break. We're going to grab a hot dog out in front of the Chesterfield. When we come back, we'll talk about Kansas City, Cincinnati. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Okay, we're back. Uh, Worm's back in the poker game. We're going back to the grind, Frank. Coffee time. So the Bengals and Chiefs, 23 Chiefs, 20 Bengals. Another classic, albeit a flawed game. I was hoping for a third overtime for the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game in the Mahomes era. I was also curious to see how those new overtime rules would work out for the first time. We don't get it. Kansas City gets the late field goal. And one of the reasons why this wasn't a satisfying day for me, it was just, you know, the officiating had such a big role in in the second game. And obviously there were some big official moments in the Philly-San Francisco game. And San San Francisco fans have to be really frustrated because it was just raining yellow on San Francisco all day. But let's just start with the the way this game ended, where Sky Moore has the punt return. Maybe there's a block in the back. They don't call it. Patrick Mahomes has the the gutty run that that doesn't really get them in field goal range, although they would have time to maybe run another play. They had blown their last time out because Pacheco didn't get out of bounds, but then they're bailed out by what certainly was a personal foul, but it just, it leaves an unsatisfying taste in your mouth. That's what decides the game. I don't think the officials had any choice. What was your takeaway on the ending of Kansas City, Cincinnati? Yeah. And I I mean, just, you feel terrible for Asai taking that penalty. It was immediately a penalty. Like you can't, don't, don't complain. Like you don't, for anybody on, oh, they shouldn't have called that. Mahomes flopped, whatever. Everybody knew the moment it happened. He just can't. Like he has two. He took. He was taking a second step out of bounds, and just extends his arm, shoves him in the back. Well, that, that's a penalty every time. It's just. It's just a really bad time for it. I feel bad for the guy who was, you know, sitting on the, the bench for 10, 15 minutes afterwards, inconsolable, pretty much. Rough, rough way. You don't want a game to end that way, but you got to call it. And sure, there were other calls that were missed. Look, officiating is a problem. Like. I, I, and I talked about this again with Charles last night, saying I, I generally defend NFL officials because we don't credit them for how hard the job is. Uh, you know, we've both been at football games where we've been on the sideline, whatever. The game moves unbelievably fast. Like, I can't even, 
I don't even know how head coaches stand in midfield and see anything because the game just, it's tremendous how fast it is. And the officials catch all, most of it. I, we saw the replacement ref screw it up. Like they, that's how bad it can get, but they're missing too much now. The Devonte Smith catch in the first game that, that shouldn't have been a catch. And, you know, all the, the flags on the 49ers. And then you get to this game and Orlando Brown has an obvious holding penalty against uh, Trey Hen- Hendrickson on that Mahomes run. Doesn't get called, but the personal foul does. And again, no, the NFL's not rigged. Stop, please don't. It's it's in just insanity to think that. But I think the NFL really has to revamp its officiating. Somehow, some way, they have to address it. They can't just be like, whatever, the game's fine. The fans are, it just gets in the way of the games too much, where we're talking about officiating, not the games. So, you know, the way it ended, you know, obviously the, the do over third down was weird. Like, I, I've really never seen anything like that before, where we didn't see that one of the officials blew it dead before. And then the Chiefs are back out there for third down. And it just, it did, it left a, a bad taste in your mouth of this was a really good football game. It was a, a two great teams, some, one of these budding rivalries, even interdivision that we're going to see for years to come. But here we are. We're talking about the officials. We're talking about calls. We're talking about penalties. And and it's it was a, it was a tough way to end a, 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 what I thought was a really good competitive AFC championship game. Well said. As far as the officiating, you know, this Hanlon's razor, which is never a tribute to malice, what can be explained by incompetence. And not that I, I think calling the officiating the NFL incompetent would be too far, but it's a problem. Yeah. And so it's not, it's not this, Conspiracy. It's not, oh, the NFL wants the Chiefs to win. They want Patrick Mahomes. No, no, it's none of that. The the NFL doesn't want controversy and they just want to, you know, certainly they want to make money. I'll tell you what, man, you know, so both number one seeds get to the Super Bowl. What I wouldn't, toothpaste doesn't go back in the tube. I I wonder if someday in the future a league will actually scale back a schedule. The NFL had such a great setup with 16 games, six playoff teams. I was thinking that this morning, Scott, where one the thing that never got talked about the expanded playoffs. Everybody talked about letting it get a mediocre seven seed, and that obviously is nothing we like either of us. The one real issue that they have is that the number one seed is going to walk to the Super Bowl most years. Didn't happen last year. We had two number four seeds. Great. We're going to see more years like this where just both number one seeds got two home games. They got they're the only team with a bye. Especially We're going to see one Eagles, versus right? one a lot. Look at what the Eagles did. I mean, they basically yeah. you know almost got an auto bid to the Super Bowl where they got to play the Giants. Correct. Good team, but you know, overmatched in the second round, and then the, everything fell right in the nine in the Niners game. And I know Eagles fans are kind of prickly about it, like, "Oh, you're dissing our team. You can only beat who's in front of you." And I get it. And a win over Mahomes in the Super Bowl will certainly stand on its own, and you know, you'll be a worthy champion if you get that game. But yeah, it's too advantageous for the one seed yes, for sure. I agree. I don't like it. Me too. Me too. That I, yeah. I, again, me and you are both the same. We should, let's go back to 16 games. Let's go back to 12 teams. But yeah, it ain't happening. Too much, too much money involved there. So no, we got to toothpaste does not go back in the tube. So Mahomes, you know, wills his team to Super Bowl, gutsy performance. Uh, you know, in a game where I never thought it was peak Patrick Mahomes, he still sails over 300 yards. But it's interesting. His receivers were just getting hurt left and right. I, I never really know who the running back is to play here, other than Kelsey. I don't know who's going to be available for the Super Bowl. We're two weeks away from that game, but. What is the third pitch? You know, Mahomes is great. Kelsey is already in the Hall of Fame as far as I'm concerned. But this offense is trying to find a third pitch. Some weeks it's Pacheco. Some weeks it's McKinnon. There's been Juju games here and there. He got hurt in this game. MVS had his biggest game in a while, maybe his biggest game of the season. Sky Moore gave him the big punt return, which was his signature play of kind of a washout rookie year. 
what chief player would you be in? Again, it's, we're a long way away from the game and there's a lot of injuries to unpack. So I realize this is, can't be a perfect answer, but other than Mahomes and Kelsey talking Super Bowl props or even drafting next year, who are you excited about here? Right. And that's a problem. It's, it's, it's actually almost unbelievable what Mahomes is doing. And I don't think he got enough credit for it. He had 326 yards, two touchdowns, in a game where he had a high ankle sprain and basically nobody to throw to. Like, what? <laughs> unbelievable. I, as far as, like, props for the Super Bowl or next year, even a, I, I think the answer we, we want to talk about is Pacheco, right? Because MVS just kind of is what he is. Juju's just a low-level receiver in my mind. I think he's a free agent again. I think he just had a one-year deal. Uh, MVS is, we, we know what he is. I, I mean, we just, but Pacheco, it's like we want him to be better than he is, right? A lot of people, a lot of fantasy Twitter, love, loves Isaiah Pacheco. And he has been good for a six-round pick, a sixth, seventh, whatever he was. He has been good for that. But I was like pretty much everybody else, I think, on Isaiah Pacheco over 47 and a half rushing yards yesterday. And like, you know, halfway through the game, I'm like, there's no chance this hits. None. He he can't break a big run to get me there. He's not grinding anything out. He's just getting stopped at the line every single time against a Bengals defense that's good, but it ain't a 49ers exactly. So I don't know that, that you know, that there's only so many resources to go around. The Chiefs have a lot of roster holes for that are just covered up by Patrick Mahomes. So I don't know that they can necessarily draft a, a, a first-round running back or anything like that. But they need something. They, I think they need more pop in the running game. I don't know if it's Isaiah Pacheco. I don't think it's going to be Jerk McKinnon for much longer. They need receivers. It's It just speaks to the greatness of Patrick Mahomes that he's able to put up what amounted to a, a record in rushing plus passing yards this season, an NFL season, without much to work with at all. Like I just, I don't know. Mahomes is going to be great. Kelsey's probably going to continue to be great, I guess, although he's at a really, really scary age. And then there's just nothing else. There's nothing else I'm excited about in this offense, Scott. Did Pacheco at least warm your heart with the, he finally got involved in the pass game, which he hadn't done much of in, until yesterday? Yeah, sure. I mean, he's, I don't say he's bad, but I, I don't know that necessarily, like, I think they don't make a move at running back, and he's just their starter next year, and they have basically the same backfield setup. Would I be excited to draft him in the, the it's going to be dead zone, right? He's going to be a fourth, fifth, sixth, whatever he is. I can't say that I'd be excited for it. I just don't know that there's much upside here. He's, he's fine, but I, I don't, I don't know that necessarily there's some second-year breakout coming for him either. I almost wonder if the market will talk themselves into Cincinnati being the AFC favorite next year, no matter what happens in the Super Bowl. Can you get behind that? Yeah, it could be. It could be a Bill situation, right, where spend all offseason talking about the Bengals. I think that it could be. It could be. But we're going to – I did this last year with the Chiefs, right? I, I was one of these guys in the summer saying, oh, the Chiefs, they traded Tyreek Hill. The run's over. The Chargers are going to win the division, blah, blah. And then again, before the season started, I really had this moment of clarity of, what have I been doing? I've been betting against Mahomes and Reed. They're going to figure this out. And they sure did. It stuck it to me. I had a lot of losing tickets fading the Chiefs this year. So uh, I, I, th I do think the Bengals will probably be the chic pick next year. Although the Jets, I mean, what if they do get Rodgers? Teams like that. We'll, we'll see where it goes. But yeah, you're right. I, I think Bengals will be the, the pick next year. Man, the AFC's just loaded. Yeah, what if the Jets yeah. get a quarterback? You would think Jacksonville... Is uh, on the uh, yeah. upward trajectory. Not the, the Bills are going get, anywhere get, either. The Bills right? are so really good. Buffalo's got problems, but they still have right. a really strong infrastructure. I mean, Miami was a playoff team. We we can't discount them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, the Chargers are going to have some some new voices in their room. They certainly have a lot of talent. They still have a quarterback. Everybody likes on a rookie deal. So that the AFC is just absolutely loaded. You know, what if they what if they fixed Russell Wilson in Denver? That's yeah. probably not going to happen. Nope. But uh, you never you never know. No coach. They're not going to have a coach. Nobody wants a job. <laughs>
Right. Going to go coach. And we still haven't here. mentioned the Ravens. There's still a lot of talent yeah. in that room. If they can bring right? back Lamar, I think, yeah. Mm-hmm. Pittsburgh was playing well at the end of the year. Yeah, the AFC is just so much stronger than the AFC. Jeez. So the Bengals, Bengals, we give postmortem to interesting. What could be Joe Mixon's last game is a Bengal, and we don't know what they'll do with P. Ryan. He's a free agent as well. P. Ryan out snaps Mixon in this game. And I don't Did think he Mixon really? I knew he played a yeah. lot, but wow. Mm, Outstapped wow. him. It was P. Ryan who got the touchdown. I, I believe the Bengals can save about $10 million if they cut Joe Mixon. And we know running backs in that late 20s age pocket can be kind of dangerous picks. Not only do I not want to draft Mixon next year, I think there's a good chance the Bengals, who are kind of a notoriously penny-pinching team, we know they need to put more resources in the offensive line. It's funny, they had no problems blocking Buffalo a week ago, but the Chiefs were in... Uh, Burroughs grill all game. They, they basically Chris shot Jones, four, man. Woo, four woo, times before good. the anthem was over. Yeah, and then, right? yeah they, they don't chip Chris Jones on the final Cincinnati offensive snap. And Jones basically takes a direct route to Burrow. That play was dead on arrival. Do you see Mixon coming back? What, do you have some comments, a postmortem comment on the Cincinnati backfield? I, I don't see Mixon coming back because, again, I, he's he's good, but he wasn't great this year. We saw a little bit of, uh, okay, he's had a lot of miles. You don't want to invest in that position unless you're look, there's about three, four guys who, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Barkley, maybe McCaffrey, Jonathan Taylor, when he's up, if he can get healthy, there's a few guys. I mixing ain't one of them anymore. If he does come back to the Bengals, I would not be proactively drafting him anywhere. Not even maybe reactively drafting him anywhere. I thought he, other than that one huge five, six touchdown game, he had a really kind of mediocre year. I thought the fact that Piran played more than him in the biggest game of the year is telling so I don't think he'll be back. I think they'll draft somebody mid-rounds, uh, try to find a cheaper veteran, something like that, because this team, I think, even though Zach Taylor likes to run the ball, like, I mean, he does value it. I, I just don't th- I just don't see him coming back at that price tag. I really don't. And if he does, I, I wouldn't be that excited about him. No, I'm with you on all that. We talked about vanity quarterbacks earlier. It's possible Joe Burrow could be in that first tier, but maybe be the last player out of the tier. If somebody was wanting to be more proactive with quarterbacks next year, but maybe didn't want to be the first team to break the seal, could Joe Burrow be a compromise in that situation? Yeah, yeah. He, he, he I think you said it well. He's he's the last guy in that tier where he just doesn't give you the rushing pop you really, really want out of a, a high end quarterback. But he gave you some this year. He was running more. I, he was he was not a zero in the running game. That was a big surprise. And the passing yard is just going to be it's just going to keep going up and up and up. I mean, he he is going to have one of those. 5,200 yard seasons coming up. Like that's just going to happen. He's that good. So I could see it. I'd probably wait at that point. I don't know that I, I see that big of a gap between Burrow and Trevor Lawrence, who I'm going to own every single place in the world. Uh, you know, I mean, there is a gap for sure, but not that big where I, I'd jump Burrow up three rounds to, to go with him there. So do you like, I mean, it's hard to say I don't like Joe Burrow. I love Joe Burrow. He's a fantastic player, but if we're anticipating price here, is he a guy you're going to own? I, I can't imagine you're going to draft him in many places. I, if he's if he's the B plus price in, in that tier, I could see it because he, he, I can tell myself a story that not only is Burrow great, but Jamar Chase maybe he's the wide receiver one. Maybe they have a situation where the Bengals next year is what we got this year from Miami, where it's mostly about their two receivers yeah. and they both are top ten guys. Which I think Higgins could certainly do that. My colleague on the Breakfast Table podcast, Michael Salfino, he thinks Chase should be the wide receiver one. I'm, I'm curious where you come down on that. Jefferson's going to be drafted as such. But I can see if somebody wants to pound the table for Jamar Chase, I mean, who am I to say that's wrong? I, I don't hate it, but I, just Jefferson just so good. I can't I can't do Chase over Jefferson. I just can't. It, also, Chase has T. Higgins. Uh, I mean, T. Higgins is a great player. That touchdown yesterday was awesome. 
T. Higgins is a top 15 receiver. So it's hard for me to get Chase above Jefferson when he's splitting, you know, splitting targets again with T. Higgins, who's a bona fide number one guy. But I don't hate it. I, I'm not sitting here to say that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard because Chase might be the most talented guy in the league. Like he's he's that good. I, I would have Jefferson one. I still might even have Cup two. Let's see where he comes back from his injury. Mm. He's just such a monster. Like he is such Man. a target monster. He's at an age where I'm nervous though. Really? Really? I mean, he's but 30, right? I get it. I get it. But PPR, he walks off the bus with 10 catches. Like it's yeah. it's unbelievable. Assuming Stafford comes back and all that kind of stuff. I, it, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. But if you're trying to make the argument, you know, Michael Salfino, who we both know, if he's trying to make the argument that Chase is the best, he just bet on talent, draft this guy. I can't really say no. Like I, it, it, he's unbelievable. That fourth down play he made in Burrow too against a double team yesterday. One of the greatest plays of the playoffs. Like that, that was just unbelievable. Should have been kind of their signature play in a win, but I don't have any problem with Chase being a first rounder. Tough time getting ahead of Jefferson. We'll see where I am with Cup would come August, but yeah, Chase is great. And if you draft him next year in the first round, you're going to be very happy with it. Somebody P. Ryan, Hayden Hurst are both hitting free agency. Anything of note to talk about with P. Ryan or Hurst? I'll say Hurst is a good player. I, I don't, he's not a tight end guy. He's not a tight end you want to have on your team because he's just low. It, it, he's never going to be a target guy. He's never going to be TJ Hawkinson with 12 targets in a game. But I think he's a good real-life player, and I think they really try to bring him back because he does add value to that offense. Yeah, it's crazy. I think he was drafted ahead of Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews uh, for the Ravens. For he can always yeah. dine out on that. It's, it's one of those things where the weeks you play Hurst, you're hoping for like the three for 42 yeah. and maybe like oh, a he's 20% a, who chance hasn't of the Hayden Hurst on a bye week, right? Like when you got bye week issues, you're like, well, Hayden Hurst is on waivers. Let's try to get a touchdown out of him. Yeah. Right, right. They're going to the restaurant where they have the house jacket, right? He's like the house jacket, right? Okay, yeah, or the house tie. I don't have a tie with me. Here's Hayden Hurst. You can wear this for the next 90 minutes. Love Enjoy it. your shrimps, your, scrimps, your uh, shrimp scampi or whatever. Enjoy your steak. Enjoy your filet. So since I have the hottest handicapper in America, yeah. okay, this, I'm, I'm like, yeah, this is this is um, almost famous. I'm going to spill, spill water. The hottest, I'm with the hottest band in, in America. We're in this plane. We're all about to die. So Frank Schwab is 11 and one, should be 12 and 0. Damn you, Cowboys. The game Super Bowl opened up, I believe, with Philly one and a half, two point favorite, depending on what shop you're at. Now, obviously, BetMGM is where we look at first. And I, I think it was two. When I, I actually punched a Kansas City ticket. So there's my spoiler. There uh, I'm actually Houston opened this up. Game. Let me just real quick. Let's go mm -hmm. through the point spread real quick because it did yeah. open up Chiefs minus one and a half, which is a little curious to me. And it immediately, I was sitting there, you know, tracking Bet MGM and because I'm writing that post, uh, you know, what the opening line is for the Super Bowl. It changes almost immediately within literally 30 seconds to Eagles minus one and a half. It goes to Eagles minus two and a half. So we have a four point swing within the first three minutes of that thing being up. It has been brought back to two. I anticipate it's going to be within a field goal. I don't think it's going to get to a field goal either way. Clearly not Chiefs minus three. You're not going to move that thing five more points now after all this Eagles money's come in. But a lot of money early in on the Eagles. And you said you, you're leaning Chiefs, huh? Is that... Uh, I'm Which means probably the points, pound yeah. the Eagles the way my postseason's been going. <laughs> but um, well, first of all, when the game ended, I just asked myself, what should this line be? And I couldn't come up with any strong reason to favor either team. So yeah. my first thought pick was them. pick. Yep. Mm -hmm. My first Same. thought was pick, but then when the Eagles became the favorite, I started thinking, well, maybe they just have a better roster than Kansas City. The thing with Kansas City is Mahomes is the ultimate deodorant, and we saw he just had that deodorant oh, no. game, right? It's like, okay, yeah. 
you're not healthy and your receivers are dropping like flies and the running game can't get going and you just have to be Patrick Mahomes. And and it never felt like like the signature Patrick Mahomes game. And yet the game ends with him well over 300 yards. The game ends with him with that signature run. And yes, I, the Bengals lost their mind for five seconds and all that. Although it's funny, you watch that play. I think it was Warren Sharp who posted a, a video shot of that play. And look, it's, it's a foul. I'm not saying it shouldn't be a foul. And once Mahomes, once a quarterback out of bounds tumbles to the ground, they're flagging that a yeah. thousand times out of a thousand. I get it. But when you see the back end of that play from a certain camera angle, you see, and then look, the defender can't shove him or push him or arm bar him, whatever he's doing. You can't do that. But the reason Mahomes fell was because their feet got tangled together. And oh, I think really? that if their if their feet don't get tangled together and Mahomes either doesn't fall or has a more muted fall than that, the, the official doesn't want to throw that flag. The problem is once Mahomes tumbles to the ground, they have to throw it. And that's when the flag actually came down. When he first got pushed, my first thought is, are they going to flag that? And I didn't see a flag. And then when he goes to the ground, all of a sudden it, the flag rains in. Yeah. And, I, and the, the official's right to take in the play and consider it. And you know, don't make up your mind right away. Just see what you see. Take a second. So I don't have a problem with the cadence of the flag and all that. But I just wonder if their feet don't get tangled on that play. I wonder if maybe the flag doesn't come down. Interesting. I had not seen that yet. Uh, hadn't seen the feet get tangled. But yeah, I, we all knew. Like once a quarterback goes down like that, unless you have a really yeah. good reason to not throw the flag, you're throwing the flag. You have so. to call that. You have to call that. Yeah. You, you know, and for all the, and I get it. San Francisco and Cincinnati today are thinking, oh, the the officials are screwing us and all that. It's one thing to not call a holding. I mean, look, I'm a Patriots fan, right? I mean, I, I remember the David Tyree catch. You know, Eli Manning was the beneficiary of you know, about a thousand holds by the Giants that whole yeah, play. But, right. yeah. but if you let a holding call go, it's something that happens in the scrum. It's not a you have to look for it. You have to find the right angle and find the right screenshot. Right? You have to go hunting for that. There's nowhere to hide when a quarterback gets gets knocked on his on his butt out of bounds. You know that that's a play that everybody sees. It's naked in plain sight, and it's just hard to let those things go. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. Real real quick, I wanted to ask you about the one matchup that has me leaning Eagles right now, I don't know which way I'm going to go, is I think the way to beat the Eagles defense is to run the ball. Like I mean, we've seen them struggle a little bit with the run game. They're not terrible, but it, clearly that's the weakness of this football team is their run defense. It's just not great. They have four guys, as everybody knows by now, four guys with double-digit sacks, led the NFL 70 sacks this year. I think they were 15 better than everybody else. The Chiefs can't match up that way. The Chiefs are not going to win this game with Isaiah Pacheco having 25 carries. That that's just not how they play. That's not how they want to play. You're dropping back Patrick Mahomes 45 times in this game. I don't know that that's a great matchup for the the Chiefs. I just look at that particular game within the game and say, I don't know that you know styles make fights, and I don't know that the style the Chiefs want to play is necessarily conducive to them putting up a lot of points on this Eagles defense. Whereas if it was another team, uh, maybe not Tennessee, but because they're they're you know, severely lacking in talent, but a team that, that's going to give the ball to Derrick Henry 30 times, maybe that's the type of team that could beat the Philadelphia Eagles. The one team that beat the Eagles this year when they were at full strength with Jalen Hurts was Washington, who just pounded it on the ground against them. She's can't play that way. And that's why I'm kind of leaning Eagles, because I just see Mahomes kind of, he's going to be Superman. He's awesome. He's the best player in the league. He's one of the best quarterbacks I've ever seen. But this is a really, really this is an Eagles team that understood how he Roseman got if we're going to have a weakness, it's going to be our run defense because we're not letting teams pass on us, and teams don't pass on them. They have a really good pass defense. Man, I'm so jealous of just to have four, a four-man pass rush. Obviously, they cycle through their defensive linemen. They keep everybody fresh. But to have a pass rush that's this emphatic without relying on one or two people, that you spread it out over four guys, what, what a season's Reddick's had. But all of them, right? Yeah, I mean, it's just, really good, yeah. 
love love their motors and love the depth they have in that passing game, that pass rush game, and, and you know a great pass rush. The, the great way to cover the pass is to have a great pass rush. It covers up so many sins on the back yeah. end. And the Eagles have two good quarterbacks too. Like on top of it all, mm. you got Slay and Bradbury, who are both. I know Bradbury. I just looked it up. He was top twenty in PFF this year. I think Slay yep. was too. He's great. We know Slay's a stud. Yeah. I mean, they just they've decided we're going to be a good pass defense. You can't fill every hole. If teams want to run on us, they're going to run on us. And here they go up to the Super Bowl. And the one team they could draw who's really not going to run on them, that's their opponent. And I think that that just plays in the Eagles' hands pretty well. Have you already made your pick? Are you on Philadelphia? I, I, not yet. Not yet. I, I'll say leaning? this. Like it's, uh, yeah, leaning. But you know how this gets. Like This is just a me thing. Nobody wants to hear about your fantasy team or your futures bets. But having the Eagles 25-1 to 1 in my pocket from preseason, mm. it, it's like maybe I'm just wish-casting this thing home. Like Maybe I just want the Eagles to win here. So it's it's hard when you have that ticket in your pocket to be like, all right, let's talk about this game rationally because I know in the back of my mind that that's sitting out there. But I I, I will for you know just for posterity, I want I want to go twelve one this postseason. I'm leaning Eagles, but there's a long way to go to overthink about this game and look at the matchups and uh, be in Phoenix talking to these guys and probably take away narratives I shouldn't take away. That that's the the beauty and the curse of the Super Bowl is we think way too much about it before kickoff. I'm glad you said narrative because I want to close with this. Is there anything to the narrative that Andy Reid's been to a bunch of Super Bowls, the Chiefs have been to a bunch of Super Bowls, and a Super Bowl walk-up is totally different with all the time you have to think about the game, and then there's the whole media circus the week you go to the venue, and, and all these sites that don't cover football show up. You know, it's basically the, the downtown Julie Browns of, of the NFL world show up, and you get asked silly questions, and, and eventually it's, it's just a relief to play the game. Does the fact that Kansas City has more of its infrastructure that's been through this circus and Philadelphia doesn't, does that mean anything to you? I, a little bit, yes. I, I mean, because, again, it's stuff, relatives coming out of the woodwork asking for tickets. And you hear guys talk about this all the time, that you really, like, this is unlike any other game they're going to play in their lives. It's just different. It's just everything about it. Even the game itself, where you got the half-hour halftime show and the, the long layoff for all the pregame stuff after you warm up, everything like that. There's just so many boxes that you don't know about. I, Nick Sirianni is a smart guy. He'll have his team ready the best he can, but he can't replicate experience. Yeah, it does give the Chiefs a little bit of an edge. I don't know if it's enough for me to change my pick or anything like that, but yeah, you, you have to factor that in. The fact that Andy's been through this a few times now, Patrick Mahomes, a lot of those veterans have been, as only two years ago, they were in a Super Bowl. So yeah, it is a factor in this game, and uh, I, I think the Chiefs obviously are better equipped to handle it. it, it not that Sirianni and the Eagles can't, but yeah, a bit of an edge for Kansas City there. And I think that's something that could show up early in the game because eventually you settle up into the game, you get hit, you, you sweat a little bit, you know, and it just it feels like a normal game eventually after all the rigmarole is over. How many, I know you're going to be there in Glendale. How many Super Bowls is it for you? Uh, I think this was number nine for me. I, okay. You know, the first one was Seattle-Denver, which was a blowout, but but still interesting in its own way. I missed the COVID one, the the Chiefs losing to the Buccaneers, so whatever. I, I miss count all the time. I'll have to go. After we're done, I'll have to count them up. But they're was always Seattle, fun. It was great. Seattle, New England, the best one you saw? Oh, I, I, best, I think it's the best. NFL, I, I'm going to write about this spoiler alert. I think that's still the greatest NFL game of all time. I, there's so much involved in that game. It was Frazier Ali, two champions. It came down to the end. We had controversy with the call. We had great play. The curse play that nobody remembers. The Brady comeback. Chris Matthews coming out of nowhere to have the one game of his entire life on the biggest stage for the, the Seahawks receiver nobody remembers who really just had one great game in his career. Great. I love that. I mean, I, I get so nostalgic about that game. And I'm not a Patriots fan, not even a Seahawks hater, nothing. I had nothing on that game. 
but it's just so much fun to watch that game. And now that was the last one. Glendale, the one before that, I believe, was uh, Eli Manning beating Tom Brady in the seven or eighteen and zero Patriots. So Glendale's got a, a got a good history of Super Bowls. So hope we get another one. Yeah, what makes games exciting to me is lead changes, signature moments, and really high visible great players involved in those moments. And yeah. that Seahawks Patriots game checks all those boxes. But the Super Bowl has run really well. I'm, you know, is yeah. my childhood the Super Bowl was famously like a blowout every year, but. I feel like just like the NCAA basketball championship game for a long time just had an unbelievable run where the game was great every year. I, I just feel like the Super Bowl for the last maybe 15, 20 years has run really well. A couple of blowouts aside, but you know, think of how great Steelers, uh, Cardinals was. Yeah. The last game John Madden called, that was such a signature game. We had the Larry Fitzgerald touchdown, Santonio Holmes with the, the toe tap at the corner of the end zone. Every Tom Brady Patriots Super Bowl famously could have gone either way. He played nine of them. He could have won or lost all nine of them. That's how the, really the only game that really kind of got a little bit out of hand was that game against the Eagles. And even then, you know, Terrell Owens, you know, playing on one leg somehow and having this gallant performance. And I will say that the, the last one they had, the the, mm-hmm. the Rams one, was just a horrible game. Like it was close. It was, it was horrible. Nobody that, wants to watch that game again. Yeah, that was the one Super Bowl in like the last ten years where you're just like, ugh, this. Uh, no, this wasn't a great. Was it game. Goff airmailing Brandon Cooks? You yes, saw him like ten yes, minutes too late. Just, uh, just and, a yeah. bad offensive game for the Rams. And a bad offensive game for the Patriots too. They just happened to win it. Yeah, but. Edelman was great in that game. Gronkowski was great in that game. But nobody wants to watch that game again. But um, most of the Patriots Super Bowls have been great, and just most of the Super Bowls. Period. Yeah, we we are on a great run of about. I mean, pretty much dating back to the Patriots Rams in two thousand one, right? Like, I mean, if not everyone has been good in that stretch, but. If we've had what is that it counts up to twenty one or whatever, probably sixteen, seventeen have been at least enjoyable, entertaining. Maybe not all classics, but uh, yeah, great run of Super Bowls. I think this is good. I think there's a great matchup. I think a point spread kind of gives us an idea of how close this game should be. I mean, it, it's very rare. I think there's only I, I did the math yesterday. Only four Super Bowls in history have had a point spread of one point five or less, and this one's a two right now. We'll see where it goes, but it just should, goes to show that this is a rare Super Bowl matchup, which is, it, it's kind of a coin flip at this point. Just remember, before you flip that coin, make sure you get the Frank Schwab pick. He's 11-1 and one in the postseason. He is printing money. He's just giving you, he's, you know, you, you don't know what you do for Valentine's Day. You, you're maybe a little bit light in the wallet. Frank Schwab is here <laughs> to take away your Valentine's Day problems. He's uh, he's America's we'll see, sweetheart. We'll yeah, we'll see about so, that. We'll see. We, thank you for pinch hitting today, Frank, on short notice. Again, always doubles back for a friend. Shout out to Lord Podcasts, our Wonderful man who keeps us on the air and sounding great. That's going to do it for us. If you don't already, how about following us on Twitter? You can get me at Scott underscore Pianowski. Yahoo Schwab is how you get Frank. All those winning NFL picks and various other sundries. He'll be doing great coverage during the Super Bowl week. Just, you know, Frank, one of the hardest working guys in NFL media and handicapping media at that. Of course, Yahoo Fantasy is a great follow for all your fantasy stuff. And again, fantasy baseball is open. I want you to get over there, get your league going, uh, you know, grind out those catchers, grind out those relief pitchers. We're going to have a bunch of content coming your way for that. Matt will be back on the show Thursday with Dalton. They're going to tackle some off-season questions for everybody but the Chiefs and Eagles. Until then, for Lord Podcast, for Handicapping Schwab, for our buddy Matt Harmon, we're thinking of your pal. I'm Scott Pianowski, and we are...